Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. There was a story this week about a YouTube personality named Mr. Beast building 100 water wells across Africa. These wells will deliver clean drinking water to half a million people who need it. And because it's 2023 and because the internet exists, people are mad about it. They're mad because there already are charities that build wells in Africa, and Mr. Beast did it more successfully than they have. I mean, how dare he cut off their grift and stop a bunch of people getting paid on the way to building that well? They're also mad because his success makes the Kenyan government, for example, look bad, which, listen, they should look bad. They do look bad. This internet personality, Taylor Lorenz, says Mr. Beast is monetizing kindness because he does these good deeds and then puts them on the internet and people watch it and that makes him rich. Meanwhile, Taylor and much of the media monetizes all kinds of horrible stuff. Taylor doxes people she doesn't like and still thinks she's the good guy. And media in general, I mean, monetizes creating strife between us and so much more. I'll take Mr. Beast monetizing of good deeds any day. Thanks. This isn't the first time Mr. Beast has hit some controversy in this way. In fact, he was kind of ready for it this time, saying, I know I'm going to get canceled, but I'm building these wells in Africa. A few months ago, he paid for surgery for a number of blind people to be able to see again. And this was called ableist. Like, how do you even know that blind people want to see again, Mr. Beast, you terrible person? It's all absurd. Yes, it's part of a complex I call the problem with everything complex. These people need to find the bad in any situation. Obviously, we can just ignore them, yes. But the truth is that their way of looking at the world is seeping into our lives too. 
Do you ever hear someone say something, you know, rather innocuous and think, oof, you're going to get canceled for that? That's this mind virus spreading. And I know you've done it. I feel like we've all done it at this point. Imagine how sick a society has to be for people to find fault with a guy trying to restore, restore a blind person's eyesight or bringing clear drinking water to people who need it. That he found a way to monetize this actually only makes it more impressive because capitalism is good. It's been good for millions of people and we should have more of it. That sounds so trite. I know because pointing out when things are good or bad, you know, doesn't sound interesting or complicated, but it's important. The world is full of gray, but some things really are black and white. Water wells for people who need drinking water are good. The challenge with beating back the problem with everything people is your instinct might be to engage at a deeper level than no, you're wrong. This is good. A theme on this show is it's important to say the words, especially when you have kids. Don't just assume everyone will see the lunacy in criticizing getting clean water to people who need it. Say what you think and say it plainly for the problem with everything people, or they win. Really, that's what we're facing here. It's their way of seeing the world will defeat our way, and we'll all have to cower to their insane expectations of what somebody doing good deeds should look like or what they should act like or how they should monetize or not monetize. And so say the words or they win. Coming up next, an interview with Faith Moore. Join us after the break. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Faith Moore, author of the new novel, Christmas Carol. 
Faith is a freelance writer and editor, and most importantly, a stay-at-home mom. She has been published in the Wall Street Journal, New York Daily News, Federalist, and Daily Wire, among others. She is the author of Saving Cinderella, What Feminists Get Wrong About Disney Princesses and How to Set It Right. Christmas Carol is her first novel. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Faith. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So when I first saw the title of your new book, Christmas Carol, it's Carol spelled with a K, I have to say, I definitely thought it was about me. Uh, but that's probably not not true, is it? <laughs> well, it, it's not true because when you read the book, you'll discover that Carol is is not nearly as lovely as you are, Carol. Uh. <laughs> but um, I definitely did think of you when I had to change the name from Carol with a C to Carol with a K. It was originally oh. Carol with a C because it is a retelling of A Christmas Carol. And so I had it Carol with a C, right. but we decided in the editing process that it needed to have its its own space. And so we gave her a K name. And then I definitely thought, right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it, obviously. Um, so your book is a modern twist on the Dickens story. What inspired you to write it? Yeah, well, it is. It's a, it's a modern retelling of A Christmas Carol, but the Scrooge character is instead of an old miserly man, a workaholic mom. And her miserliness is not about her her time, her money, it's about her time and how much time she chooses to spend with her kids and her family. And it, it came from a, a couple of things. One is a Christmas tradition that my family has, which is that every year without fail, we sit down and watch the Alistair Sim version of A Christmas Carol. And it's a sort of old black and white, fantastic movie that everybody who cares about watching Christmas movies should watch. Um, and it uh, it's one of those things where we watch it every year as a family and we always notice something new. So it's, it's part of my, it's just sort of like a story that's imprinted on my heart, you know, and what happened was during the pandemic, I, I got the idea for this during the pandemic. It was kind of the tail end of the pandemic and everyone had been home for, you know, a year or year and a half with their kids. And as you know, when you have to parent and work at the same time, it's kind of untenable. And everybody was talking about that. How, how am I supposed to, you know, my kids, there's three different Zoom sessions I'm supposed to be on. How am I supposed to take care of all of this and take care of my, my actual job, which I'm supposed to be at. And, you know, that was a big kind of theme at the time was, wow, like I can't do this. I can't take care of my kids and take care of my full-time job at the same time. But there was another thread that was happening. And that thread was, wow, I'm really enjoying my children. My, I'm getting to spend all of this time with my kids that I don't usually spend because I'm at work full time and they're at daycare or being picked up from school by the nanny or they're in after school. And isn't this wonderful? How do I, how do I tap into that? You know, how do I go back to my regular life and still spend all this time with my kids? And so it was, it was the Christmas of, I think this, the second kind of Christmas that happened in the pandemic. So I think like 2021 maybe. Mm -hmm. And people were kind of starting to go back to work. And the, th the funny thing that happened, or, or maybe the sad thing, I don't know, is that all of those people who are expressing that thing, they just went right back to work. You know, it was kind of like following that. Let's just, the narrative is I go to work, my kids go to daycare or school or you know, wherever they're going. And I started, I, I sort of started to connect that story of, of Christmas, a Christmas Carol, which is just, as I say, part of my own self and, and that experience. And I thought, what would it take for someone to step out of the narrative? What experience would she need to go through for her to step out of the narrative and kind of 
choose a different life for herself. And that's kind of where the story came from. So an interesting side note to listeners is that Faith and I somewhat spent the pandemic together. We did. We did. We lived in the same Brooklyn neighborhood and our sons went to school together and she was my rock of sanity in an ocean of insanity. Oh, same. Oh, same. Yes. So uh, that was really good. But yeah, you're bringing up some really interesting things, which is, you know, so during that time, obviously you and I, and uh, you know, very few other people fought for the schools to reopen, fought for like life to go back to normal. but. I say this a lot. It was a really wonderful time for our family. I loved having the kids at home. I loved us all cozy on the couch every day and, you know, dealing, you know, doing their stuff and I'm doing my stuff and everything was like a slower pace, obviously. I knew it was bad for society. I knew it was not great for the kids. I knew I knew my kids would be okay. I can get them like all the services or help that they need, you know, when, when schools had failed. Um, but I knew it would be bad for a lot of other people. So your book is kind of a challenge to these lies that we are fed about womanhood and marriage and femininity, right? And so what are those lies? I think it's really a narrative that we're being sold. I think there's this concept now that kind of came up through the entirety of feminism and has now met us here, which is that in order to be a valuable and productive member of society, a woman must do this specific thing, which is you know, graduate high school, go to college, graduate college, get a high power job, you know, become a, a CEO, a, a business person and whatever, all these jobs that I never had and don't understand. And, you know, go off and, and do these things. Otherwise, you're just going to be a mom or, or a wife or, you know, these kind of bad words, these awful things that you might be. And, and I want to be very clear. I think if you want to have a career, please do it. The, the thing that you need to know is that you can't also be a full-time parent. And I think that's the problem is that if in, in telling women that motherhood and marriage and all of those kinds of more quote unquote traditional pathways for women and telling them that those are somehow inferior, that they, they make you nothing or they make you less valuable, then women feel that they must do something, which I think a lot of women don't necessarily want to do, which is to sort of go off and have these ambitious, more typically masculine careers. And, you know, it's it's a horrible lie to say to women that the only way that you could be successful or valuable is to be more like men. I mean, like it's a total erasure of women, right? <laughs> there was a, a Babylon Bee story a few days ago that was like, woman just wishes there was a job where she could like bake banana bread and like spend time with her children and like, you know, can't figure out what that job might be. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yes. I have that job. Although I will say, I always say that motherhood is not my job. It's my vocation because it really would be a terrible job. Like you don't, you don't get any promotions. There's just no right, money, right. you know, there's, there's no feed. There's no, positive definitely feedback no positive whatsoever. feedback. <laughs> no, exactly. So it's, right. it's not my job. It's my vocation, but I think that it's, it's something that a lot of people do kind of aspire to without really realizing that it's something that they could just do. And I also think, you know, there's definitely that line where men are not sold this, you can have it all. You can have a full-time job and be at home with your kid all the time because that's just not a reality. Um, they're kind of, you know, told that like you have to make choices. Um, I, you know, one of the things I say is like for all the kind of gender wars that we're in, um, men don't get asked like when they have a baby, like, oh, what are you going to do now? Are you going to quit your job and, you know, stay home? And like women do still get asked this because we are different because we 
want different things because we tend to make different choices. And I, I, the, the whole thing about having it all to me was always like this lie that only women get told, right? It's not, men, men just don't get that at all. Uh, Kyle Smith one time had this great thing, like, why would anybody want to have it all? This sounds horrible, you know? Well, it's also (laughs) impossible. It's completely impossible. And I think, I mean, the thing for men, I think, is that if, if you don't have a family at home, if you don't have, you know, a, a beautiful home, if your kids aren't, you know, happy and comfortable and taken care of, what are you going out to work for anyway? I mean, it, it, it is, it's a sort of symbiotic relationship, you know, it's, and it's valuable. Each one is valuable because of the other one. And so I think like we, we completely kind of unplug everyone from, from purpose when we say that, you know, women and men must be exactly the same and they must go out and do the exact same things. Right. And want the same things, which they don't. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's sort of, it's ridiculous to assume that a woman is going to grow a baby inside of her body and give birth and then not have some sort of different mechanism through which to think about the baby than a man is going to have. You know, she's obviously going to have a different experience of, you know, having grown the baby inside of her and and given birth and nursing or whatever, you know, that all of that does things to you biologically that mean that you're probably not necessarily like, now let's just throw the baby over and take care and go off to my, you know, CEO job or whatever. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and be right back on the Carol Markowitz show. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. So how do we beat back these lies? Like, what is step one in this very long process, I'm sure? I think it really is about kind of stepping outside of that narrative and giving ourselves permission to 
realize what we want. Because I think for some people, what they want is maybe to not have a family and to go off and, you know, be the CEO. And that's, that's fine. But I think if you're, if, if that doesn't really feel right to you, or you are feeling uncomfortable in that, to know that it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I think, you know, in, in the book, that's kind of what happens is that the, the Carol character kind of gets to see what she's missing at home. And she's kind of, she gets to kind of step back from the narrative of what she thinks she's supposed to be doing and why, and see kind of the, the way in which her children are, are growing up without her. And it, it's a time that will never come again. And I think, I think that's the piece of the narrative that we're not telling people and that people need to understand is that in the entirety of your life, if God willing, your life is long, you know, the, the percentage of that lifetime in which your children are small and at home and need you is so small. It's such a small amount of your lifetime. Why not rearrange things so that you can give it to your kids and then, and then come back. Your work will still be there, but your kids won't. You know, and I think that's the narrative that we need to unpack and like untangle for people is that it's not, it's not a total kind of amputation of your ambitions and desires. It's just, it's just a reframing for a moment, you know, take, take a step back, have the kids be with them in whatever way you can or, or want to be, and then, you know, explore the career. Yeah. That's very interesting because I think that people think that you know, your career is this ladder. I mean, we use, you know, career ladder all the time, but I really don't think so. I, I think that for a lot of people, for example, if you do, you know, you raise your kids and then you go back to work, you have a very different kind of goal orientated um, philosophy about you at that point. Maybe like, you know, making a lot of money is no longer the goal. Maybe like enjoying yourself at work is, is a goal at that point. Um, you just kind of reorient um, yourself. I mean, look, making money is great. Obviously I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. But, uh, <laughs> and, you, and you need some of it if you're going to have yes, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids are very, very expensive. Um, but the idea that once you step off that ladder that you're off forever, that's crazy. I was a stay at home mom. Um, I was a work at home mom. I was a work outside the home mom. I, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do, um, in your life. And I don't think that, making one choice means that you're in that choice forever. I actually know lots of people who thought that they wanted to be high powered career people. And then they had kids and realized, you know, what you're saying that childhood is very short. I want to be there for it. I know that I thought I wanted this, you know, A, B, and C, but I actually don't want that anymore. Exactly. And I think, you know, as you're saying, like you were stay at home mom, you were work from home mom, you went out of the home because that's what having kids kind of sets you up to do. You know, it's not like, I mean, here I am, right? I have a toddler at home. I'm completely home full time. I have n pretty much no childcare. And here I am, I wrote a, a novel. So I, you know, it's not like I completely was like, I'm sorry, you know, all ambition, all creativity, all anything that is not my children is now completely on some weird shelf that I can't access. No, it's like, you know, my priority is my kids. My priority is, you know, what are they doing? What's the school pickup? Does it coincide with nap time? You know, is there, do we need to change a diaper? That's, that's where my brain is. But, you know, I get like this hour a day when my kid is napping and, and I, do this other thing. <laughs> that magical, magical hour. hour in which I drink a cup of tea and do some writing. And, and that, but that, the point is that time will grow, you know, as you're saying, like, 
you know, now he's in a little bit of school. So now I have a little bit more time, you know, next year he'll be in a full, you know, full-time school. Cause you know, it'll be time for pre-K or whatever. And, and on and on from there until they're gone. And what if they're gone and you never were there, you know, all very good and serious things to think about. So you have this hit book, Christmas Carol. Do you feel like you've made it? It's such a good question. I, I feel like when I- <laughs> I've gotten such a range of answers to this. I love asking people this because, you know, I, I've had people who like are, you know, hundred millionaires say like, no, I don't feel like I've made it. So my answer is this. If I think about like my quote unquote career, like as a writer and a novelist, then my answer would be like, no, I'm only just getting started. Like, this is my first novel. This is what I want to do. Like, I feel like I'm really kind of out there, you know, trying to sell it and, you know, all this stuff. But in my life, I have made it because I have two beautiful children. And that's really all I need. I mean, there was a time when I thought I couldn't have any children. There was a time when I thought I wouldn't be able to have another. You know, the the birth of my first was difficult on my body. And it meant that it took a long time for me to figure out how I was going to have a, another. And and then I did. And so I I live with two miracles. You know, I, I have a husband who I love and who loves me and we've built this family. So like, yeah, heck yeah, I've made it. <laughs> I love that. It really is all about perspective and, and people understand that question in a lot of different ways. So I, you know, I, lo- I love asking it. And the other question no, it's a good that question. I ask all of uh, my guests is, what do you think is our largest cultural or societal problem in America? And do you think it's solvable? That's one question. <laughs> Uh, that's a big question. Yeah. And it's, I think it's kind of hard to pick one, <laughs> especially at right now. It's hard to pick just one. Um, but I think I, I'm going to have to go with the kind of devaluation of, of children. Um, and I, and the kind of the, the sort of cultural narcissism that I think is probably the cause of that. Like, so I, I'm thinking about, you know, the way in which people, you know, abortion is kind of just like, fine, we celebrate that. It's so that women can go off and do what they need to do, but not care about that child. Or, you know, as you very well know, and have written about so well, like the way that we kind of threw them very much under the bus during, during COVID and kind of continue to do that, the way that we, you know, are completely disregarding their sort of mental health needs during the trans all the sort of trans stuff that's going on with kids right now. And I think, I think the issue is really around, our narcissism, like as a culture, we want, you know, we, we, we want a career. So fine. Have an abortion. We, you know, we want to kind of be good woke citizens in the cultural zeitgeist. So our kid says he wants to be a girl, like, okay, great. You know, I think, so I think that's a a big sort of anything goes. Yeah. The kind of overarching issue of like, we, it's all about us somehow. And our kids are kind of falling by the wayside and, and can it be solved? Yeah. But we all have to kind of Again, we have to have this, I keep calling it like a Scroogean shift because it's like, you know, in in the book, like Scrooge, I mean, the whole thing about Scrooge is that he, you know, he goes through this whole thing. And in Carol too, she goes through this whole thing and nothing actually changes at the end. They're still the same person, but their whole perspective has changed because they've seen something new. And I think if we just took a step back and we saw what we're doing, what we're doing to our kids, what we're doing to ourselves, then, you know, we would probably start you know, having families and taking more time with our kids and paying attention to our spouse and, you know, all of those things. And I think that would really help us. Will we do it? I don't know, but I think we could. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, uh, you know, about your character, Carol, she's able to shed some of that narcissism, right? She's able to 
finally look at her family and realize that that's what's important. I guess, how do we get, you know, non-book characters to do the same? I think it's about, it's about stepping outside of the narrative. I think that's, that's really what it, what it is. It's about kind of questioning yourself. So it's not, what am I supposed to do? What does society want me to do? What does, you know, what do my friends say? What does my college say? You know, what do my teachers say? It's kind of like, what do I know is right? And I think, you know, for Carol in the book, she gets this kind of supernatural gift, which is that she gets to look at and see what she is missing. And and she has spoiler alert. Yes, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but she has this kind of revelation. Yeah, spoiler, but like mm-hmm. at, at you know, point, Christmas Carol. Know yeah, the story of Christmas Carol. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you go back. Right. Nothing you could do for them. It's like several hundred years old. Yes. Um. But I think like you know she she has this realization where you know she's kind of looking at something that her kids are doing and she's like this will never happen again in this way. And I am, I am missing it. So I think, you know, what, what are you missing? What am I missing? What are we missing? Kind of step away from what we think we're supposed to be doing. The supposed to be, that is so big, I think in so many different ways. Um, and again, I think it is especially marketed towards women The supposed to be supposed to want, supposed to like, you know, um, supposed to become, uh, I think that if we could just somehow break that supposed to, um, and I don't know how you do it because a lot of the times when people say to me like, Oh, society tells me, I'm like, did your mom tell you that? Cause that sounds like something, you know, I, I don't know, like, especially around food. I feel like women are always like, Oh, society tells us to be like this. I'm like, well, my Russian mom did not tell us, tell, did not, did not tell me to diet. So, Who you know, is the society <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So a lot of times I do think it's like an, a major influence, but I do think that you know, when you go to college, you, you if you tell your professors, I, I just want to be a stay-at-home mom, like, you will get some pushback, I, I, for sure. I remember this happening, actually. Um, so I the supposed to be is what, what I think we need to get over, and I also think it's, it's a tough one to get over. I totally agree, but I, I think it's hard. I guess we need to teach our kids also. We need to teach them to not, to sort of question and to not go blindly into, into things without you know, and I mean, that's something that I try to do with my kids is kind of just like, first of all, to sort of tell them where, where we as a family stand to have values in your own family. And, you know, kind of how this is, you're going to hear people say this, you're going to hear people say that, but we, this is what we think, you know, and we believe in our family that whatever it is, you know, and I think, and also just to teach them to question like, okay, if someone's telling you that something is a hundred percent the way to do something or the way to be, you know, something that's not a fact, you know, like we, a fact, like, you know, this war occurred on this date. That's a fact. You don't need to question that. But like, you know, if, (laughs) if, if what they're saying is, you know, everyone must be this way or do this thing, like you should automatically question those things and we should teach our kids to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when we had to do that during the COVID exactly. times <laughs> yes. Yes. and, and very few people did, but you know, hopefully our children will. Um, I've really loved having you on faith. My last question that I ask everybody is leave us with the best tip for my listeners to improve their lives. Well, that's it. Step outside the narrative, step outside of the narrative and ask yourself what do you really want? And if, I mean, to go along with what we have just been talking about, if you are a mother and you have small kids at home and you're working and that's not working for you, take a minute and step outside the narrative. And and if you don't know how to do this, read this book, read Christmas Carol. And, you know, you don't have to be visited by three spirits on Christmas but it Eve. helps. It, it really know. does help. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't just send them to you. It's a whole thing. Um, but, right. but, you know, 
read the book because I think what she sees, it's not just what she's missing at home, but she sees kind of the things that happened to her in her life that have made her believe that this is the only way that she can be. And, and people can do that. Take a step back and think about why am I here? Is this where I want to be? And, and there's no such thing as impossible, really. There's just kind of sacrifices and, and reprioritizing that you need to do. So if you're sitting there saying, like, I would love to be home with my kids, or I would love to do this, but you know, we can't afford it, or, you know, we can't, you can, you just have to give up some other things. So I think that my advice would be take a minute to step outside the narrative that you're being sold and see if it's the narrative that you actually want. Thank you so much. She's Faith Moore. Her book, Christmas Carol is out now, wherever you buy your books. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.